What's going on, everybody? This is the Built for War podcast. I am your host, Austin Trotter, accompanied by my co-host, Mr. Michael Music. What's up, Sirius Freaks? And, of course, like we always say, if you're watching the YouTube video, you'll notice there's a third. We have a guest. Here in the studio with us yes. today. Mr. Andrew Morrison. What's up, guys? Thanks How you doing? Me. Doing great, yeah. man. Yeah. Thanks for coming, dude. But before we get into you just hold your horses. the third course, we need to go through <laughs> the first and second course. Oh, God. Let's just get down to business right now, okay? Get down to business, Mike. All right. We always got to shout out our ser- our sponsors. <laughs> Jump <laughs> into it too quick. <laughs> no, as always, uh, we got to shout out our sponsors and help us out in this podcast. So first and foremost, we got to talk about Server Strength. Server Strength. USA. And what yes, are we sir. talking about today? Today, we are talking about the Ultra Wrist Wraps. Ooh. Now, I don't know about you. I have decently strong wrists. Yep. But having that extra support is really nice for overhead press. Uh, I mean, well, even anything, right? Like, I find that even sometimes in farmers or funky frames, like with a bigger grip, kind of keeps the wrist from wanting to bend on you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as your as your grip fatigues a little bit, like it stops you from kind of wiggling, like like the farmers kind of going in and out. So I feel like whenever I do it for farmers, I clench down on those ligaments and everything so mm-hmm. much that they don't really have the ability to come back out. Yeah. It's like a pre-resting hook. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, these things can be used uh, for many things. Yeah, overhead press or your farmers or just, you know, to wear them. It's like sweatbands to look fucking cool. Like, shout out 2002s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are old enough to remember those. I was only eight years old, so. Shit. Newfound glory and yeah. fucking good day, good Charlotte and shit. <laughs> sweatbands. But no, uh. Yeah, I really, I have a pair. I don't have these ones. Um, I have their older style, the pure red ones. And uh, I've had those things for shit now almost two years or two yeah. and a half years. And they're still so solid. And uh, and it's always good. We always talk about uh, services. Uh, uh, their products are just, they're incredible. And they kind of form to your wrist. So you definitely know which one's the left and which one's the right without even looking at them. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, these are game changer guys. And uh, they got the different, uh, as always, the different links links so you got 14 inches 24 inches and 35 inches yeah i definitely normally stay around the 24 inch range because yeah. it gives me that good enough yeah. wrap without having just a big wad of shit on absolutely and i mean and some people like it's it's funny to me how many people don't know how to wrap their wrists mm-hmm. like depending right they don't even know how to like actually bring it across the palm and like you know to actually hold it in so i think some people misjudge on they're just immediately like oh let's just get a 14 inch and it's like you're a big dude it's like that doesn't even like what that maybe wrapped your wrist once yeah it's not even enough so like well, see even right here it is kind of funny because see yeah he's not, not even wearing it correctly that's not <laughs> as high as it should be no but well and delays to too can also depending on the event like i don't want them super thick for axle because i need my true. wrist to spend true yeah like, but on like circus i don't want my wrist to move at all exactly and so the the longer works way better on things like you just have such and, a different uh, you have more opportunity right so yeah uh, i do agree with that yeah because i guess yeah you don't always do the same wrap it does depend the implement that you're playing with. yeah so i do agree so if you guys are doing those, uh, make sure you get a little bit longer so you guys have, uh, uh, you know, just the ability to move them around a little bit. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, those things are going to cost you $23, $22.99. But if you guys want to save 10%. Because use that code. If you guys want to save 23 cents, <laughs> 2300 cents. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right math. 
If you want to save two dollars and thirty cents, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Use that code before war. Before war, and, it'll save uh, you ten percent at checkout. Yeah, and if you guys buy two, guess what? Then you get layaway. I was talking about this fucking layaway after pay that's layaway, that's baby. Right. <laughs> so, no, as always, uh, you guys check out Super Strength and uh, get these uh, wrist wraps. Yeah. So, and for our second sponsor of the podcast, Number Dose, Premier TRT and Med Spa out of yes. Thornton, Colorado. Yes. Today, we're talking about peptides. Ooh. I don't know about you, but I love peptides. They're so good for your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They make you feel great. Uh, for those of you that don't know what peptides are, they're more or less uh, natural chemicals that occur in the body that yeah. are more or less a synthetic blend that are injected or orally injected. I don't know if that's how you would say that. Or orally digested. There we go. Yeah, that's yeah, better. That's better. That's like more that. professional. <laughs> yeah. Um, that basically produce faster moving compounds in your body. Um I love them. I've been on peptide therapy now for the last two years. Yep. And my recovery is a lot faster. I feel a lot younger, even though I'm only 28. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they make me feel great. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's just the thing. Like, I think you hear the word peptide immediately. People immediately think anabolic. Anabolic and steroids. It's like, yeah. But no, this is like you just said, you're on peptide therapy. So these are things that like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, putting things in your body to help you recover, which is going to give you longevity into the sport and just your overall health. And uh, so as we always promote, you guys need to check them out, talk to professionals and, you know, without a blood result, uh, without getting that 30 minute free fucking consultation. This one is one hour. Ooh. One hour free consultation. This one's a one hour. Look at that. They up the game. So you guys get one hour, you get your consultation, get your shit checked, and you'd be surprised that you probably are low on certain peptides that could be helping you just feel so much better mm-hmm. and recover from your workouts and everything else. And it more or less, it doesn't reverse the aging process, but it no. definitely slows it down to where you can feel like a kid again. Yeah, right. And I'm all about that. I'm Absolutely. all about feeling good until you die. I mean, Because even then, you feel even better. <laughs> So true. Yeah. So true. I'll play in the sandbox <laughs> until I die. <laughs> well, a lot of things with peptides, I mean, you could, Amazon used to even sell them until they yeah. got in trouble for it. Yeah. Like, oh, but like, you don't know the quality that you're kind of getting. And yeah. that's the danger when you just go Very out and true. buy it online. Very you know? true. And so when you actually have someone like this to actually come along and actually consult it, you know their quality is good. You know their purity is yep. going to be that 99% range and everything. And then that consultation, what they're going to help you out with is like, all right, do you need recovery? Are you trying to lose weight? Do you need some strength gains? Do you need some size gains? Like, what are you kind of looking for? Yeah. And it's a very natural, well, I mean, it's it's a more natural it's way. A, it's an unnatural, like, natural way of living. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, and it's, yeah, one of the, a lot of people are afraid or like growth hormones too expensive for them and stuff. Uh-huh. And a lot of these peptides will be able to help out with okay. like, I've been using them and they've helped out with healing. They've helped out, you know, with, a lot of things in my story, uh, yeah. my strength journey and stuff too. So okay. we'll get into that. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you guys want to check you out and have your strength journey go better, then check out Premier TRT and Medspall for your hour free consultation for peptides. You guys should go, uh, definitely go check it out. I mean, yeah, an hour free consultation. Yeah, that's huge. There's not a whole lot of people out there that'll give no, their time for free to just talk to you. To sit down and talk to actual yeah. professionals to know what the fuck they're talking about. So so make sure you guys go get that done. Yep. You guys check those out. We've got the links in below. Always Super Strength and Premier TRT and Med Spa. Now, let's get into this. 
Now it's time for the steak and taters. That's right. I love potatoes. Andrew Morrison. I love being referred to as me. So <laughs> you are. <laughs> How you doing, man? Doing good, man. It was, good. It was pretty cool. Uh, we all got to go train yep. out at Nick's today. Yep. Go get some silver dollar in. We did. Uh, I'm going to have to, and hopefully I can get that video of earlier Ooh. today. I'm going to have to put that in the YouTube Absolutely. so that everybody can see that. Yeah, I that got that. So that was great. You know, was trying so to pull good. that, you know big pr and forgot to lash my belt damn near and yeah. then uh took a tumble, <laughs> tumble. <laughs> i felt like i was only down for like a second but you then were when i watched the video i was like uh, i was i was down there for a good good little you know probably not a minute but a good yeah. while there yeah it's you crazy know. what happens when somebody turns the lights out uh-huh. yeah <laughs> i was like oh that's fine but i'm like watching the video i was like oh man i'm not i mean part of it's and i'm in a deadlift suit so i can't move anyways uh, the first right. can't breathe very well internal, and you were hooked like, to the bar because yeah. of your figure eights too yeah <laughs> I got admit, that was a pretty graceful fall, though. Like, you did great. Like, you tucked and rolled. Well, you like, had everybody questioning, like, is he actually going down? Because we all thought you were just, I like, I thought you were knee. just going to, like, I really did. I thought he was going to just kind of, like, put his chest on the bar. Like, I think that's yeah. what I wanted to do. But and like, then you just. I have the figure eights, and then the suit's so freaking tight, I yeah. can't get my knee down. And so yeah. it's like, oh, I'm just going over. Like, yeah, he's like, do a flip. <laughs> then he did a flip. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because we all just sat there and it was like, oh, he's going down. Uh-oh. Yeah, we should help. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! He actually is going down. <laughs> That's crazy. It is crazy too because, like, after seeing you, you oh, know, I know. Yeah, so it, I've been there, dude. I've been there. Yeah. yeah, I have yet to pass out from any kind of like one rep max. Yeah, I do it on the Conan's wheel yeah, every single right, time. But, right. uh, anyways, enough about me. Let's get into him. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in the game? Where do you come from? Give us your life story. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm a Colorado native, born and raised in a place called Elizabeth, Colorado, oh, okay. um, on the boonies there. It's one of those places where, like, the cows outnumber the people, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. like real small town type of feel. They threw a parade every time a road got paved, like <laughs> super weird town, you know, and stuff. I mean, you have to when you don't have any paved roads. Yeah. You get excited. You get, the whole town got excited. I mean, you saw horses and sheep and the mayor. Yeah, it was <laughs> I mean, I, I was happy. I got free hot dogs every time they did this. But, yeah, just a small little, small little hick town out there and stuff. And like, you know, um, you know, we lived out there our whole lives. Um, I got into athletics. Actually, wrestling was kind of my main sport. Um, you know, my the guy that really had a huge influence in my life was my wrestling coach, who kind of came alongside and kind of modeled what a man is, what he should be. Yeah. And honestly, even my faith journey you know as a as a christian like he's the guy that kind of impacted me for okay that and kind of walked me through like faith and how it helps and how you know god is there for you and those Absolutely. things and kind of that bridge between you know perform like strength performance and then also god and stuff mm-hmm. yeah and so loved wrestling you know was a state wrestler all those things loved it after that went into mma um and that was when it was just starting to blow up and stuff okay got my ass kicked do like, you have a tap out tattoo i don't know oh, no yeah I, if i stayed in the sport longer i probably would have or if i was even decent at it i probably would have <laughs> okay, that's fair but like my first fight man i went against a guy named shrek he had shrek tattooed on his back he just got out of jail for underground street brawling oh shit and like just kimbo slice motherfucker though. dude yeah, yeah just pummeled yeah. me like it's my first fight i'm treating it like a wrestling match you know and all those things <laughs> he has no form and just headshot over and over Damn. and over again and so my fiance, who's my wife now at that time, she was like, maybe do something different, you know, like yeah. go, go do yeah. something a little bit different and stuff. And so uh, went into uh, rugby after that, oh. 
loved rugby. Rugby was so much fun. 280 tackles a game, all those things and stuff. Yeah. Dude, so much fun. And then uh, shattered my ankle, uh, kept uh, tackling a guy in the air, and we both landed on my ankle, completely oh. demolished it and stuff. Oh, wow. I didn't know they had rugby out here. Well, rugby's no a big shit. deal out here. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. In okay. Glendale, they have a whole stadium there and stuff like no that. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. I mean, we're not good compared to like but Europe I, or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but still, I didn't even know like the sport was out here. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. Okay. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. That's rad. Yeah. Um, and so after that, you know, took some time off trying to repair and mm-hmm. all those things, trying to figure out what to do. And then, um, you know, I was like, man, I need to get into something, you know, and just started strength training. Um, ran into a guy named Mike Burke. Um, oh, yeah. No yep. way. World yeah. strongest man, Mike Burke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, sick. And, uh, you know, at Colorado Pro Gym, him and Stan were there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of like, I was like, dude, that's, that's freaking awesome. Like, yeah. You know, Mike's sitting there moving a like 900 pound frame easily. Yeah. And then sits down and eats a pack of Oreos. Sick. And I'm like, I can get behind this. <laughs> I can hang that, out with you guys. That's yeah, my sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what kind of got me into strongman, you know? I mean, I was a, I was a super heavyweight at the time. I think I weighed about 350 pounds or so. Oh shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. After rugby, like the inactivity and it's slowly getting stronger, having four kids, all those things yeah, and stuff like right, that, you yeah, know? Yeah, true. Um, you know, ran like, you know, didn't realize I was on like super low T, super low mm. T from like wrestling where you have to cut that weight and all that stuff. And so a lot of people don't realize how bad all of that shit is yeah, for you so until you go hard. get your blood work done and then you see exactly where your hormone and your enzyme levels right. are sitting. Yeah. I think mine, when I first got mine tested, I think my, uh, my, my test was sitting at 180. Wow. It was low. That's, yeah, that's low. low. So low. That's like, even below like VA standards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the VA standards, I think start at 250. Damn. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Though. My doc was like, you have like the testosterone of like an 80 year old. Yeah. Cause my wife was like, I was so moody with her. She's like, what is wrong? Like, go get your, go get your yeah. testosterone. Yeah. Testing. Yeah. Yeah. Like moody teenage girl. And uh, so, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. So estrogen might've been a little raised and T was just not there. T was not there at oh. all. Yeah. Even remotely and stuff. And so, uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, that, that kind of helped like, you know, after getting on testosterone, absolutely helped the weight and the strength yeah, and all that stuff yeah. from back and stuff. But yeah, got up to about 350 pounds, man. And damn, like, yeah, it was, not good and all that stuff and so competed for a couple of years um didn't what? do great i was gonna say it doesn't look like you're 350 pounds yeah. anymore no yeah so i uh so i competed for about three years or so um this was back in 2015 16 or so okay. when i first started okay. competing um you know and when you're 350 pounds you know i'm only six foot like i'm not gonna do amazing against these super heavies and stuff yeah and so i remember i qualified uh, for nationals in 2018 or 2019 for, uh, uh, for nationals at that point. Okay. And, uh, that's when I was like, I need a coach. Like, yeah, I'm getting absolutely. my ass kicked out here. I'm getting beat. Um, and like, for no reason. At yeah. All, more or less. And I was like, man, like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do well at nationals at this level. And so, uh, hired Nikki as my, my coach who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of came alongside, helped me get my strength up. But then also we went into like a full like year of like just getting healthy again. Nice. Um, So she helped me with like injury repair, a lot of imbalances that I was going through and stuff. And so in 2020, I got down to 250 pounds. Hell yeah. 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 So, and then it was just a, you know, 
slowly getting my strength back up uh-huh. at the end of 2020 going into 2021 okay um you know and started actually placing again back in the you know top three yeah. um, most of the competition kind of losing stuff. the fat gaining the muscle getting back into being an athlete instead mm-hmm. of just yeah. static monster more or less yeah. exactly yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, i think you know i had like a 310 log press and stuff which i was pretty happy with at that That's time it. yeah you know and stuff but if it was a moving event or a medley, like some I type was, of yoke or medley. Yeah. yeah I was just not going to do well at it. Yeah. And then afterwards I was like, Oh, I no, I'm like, you know, kind of hitting that middle of the pack for most events and a few events. Like, you know, I've got a, a you know, now my log's gone up decently and my dead's gone up and all these mm-hmm. things and stuff. So it's, you know, we're finding more of those strength suits, uh, suits for us. And stuff. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. Sick. Okay. So it's been a, really good strength journey itself into there yeah through like a huge like you know there was a whole new thing that kind of came from that for me years of being 350 pounds um and stuff where i ended up having like a widowmaker heart attack um yeah end of uh going into 2021 um widowmaker heart attack was deadlifting trying to get ready for nationals in 2021 um i think they had like a 700 deadlift or something like that um I don't remember what it was, but for USS. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was USS. Um, was that the one that we all went to? I thought that was, that was 2020. That was 2020. We yeah. went to 2022. Yeah, yeah. 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 So in 2021, that's what it was supposed to be. And I remember training and all of a sudden my ears burning like crazy. That's what I remember specifically Ew. was my ear burning and, uh, you know, was just a little bit out of breath. I thought I was having like a little bit of an asthma attack Okay. Um, and, uh, took an inhaler and all that stuff. I was like, man, I just not feeling it's good. Not and then, uh, like, laying down on the ground and my wife's like she comes home she's like what are you doing i was like i just i don't feel good Mm. she put a smartwatch on me and she saw my heart rate going up down up like super high and then super low super high and she's like i think we need to go to the er um or the hospital and i'm usually not one to do that even remotely yeah and uh i was like yeah something's off like something does not feel good and luckily we started going there because we started driving and like most of the time when you're in pain, you can kind of feel something happen and you yeah. can calm yourself down. Like, yeah, you can chill, you know, do the breathing breathe. techniques and all those things. And I was trying to do that. And like, all of a sudden I felt my body shutting down. Oh shit. And I was like, Oh, oh. Okay. and I turned to my wife. I was like, honey, I love you. I'm not going to make it. Like, <laughs> you need to put your foot on that fucking gas pedal. <laughs> yeah. And so luckily she pulled oh. over. She called 911. Fuck. And like, you know, by God's grace, like the ambulance had just done a, uh, there was a, a false alarm card called. They went on a block away. No shit. Yeah. And so she Sick. pulled into this uh, um, parking lot and they were there. They thought I was having an anxiety attack. Oh, okay. hooked me up to an EKG. They're like, Oh, are you, you're having a heart attack. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm right. 33 years old. Like yeah. at that time. Yeah. They're like, you're having a heart attack. This is called a widowmaker heart attack. Cause you don't have any of the normal symptoms, but like we need to get there going now. And so got down to the hospital, you know, and all of a sudden, like my body's just really shutting down. Yeah. And they were able to go in like right through here, remove the cloth, um, put in the stent in all under 15 minutes. Wow. Holy shit. But they were like, if you had waited even another 10 minutes, you wouldn't be here today. Wow. Like it was insane. Absolutely insane. That's wild, man. So, Yeah. Yeah, and it was by God's grace, like again, like yeah, absolutely. That paramedics in. just happened to be they there. They just happened to be right there and stuff, right. you know. Help um, you, I get you. You know, they did like a lot of things, and I had two valves that weren't working very well. But outside of that, my heart was in really good shape from losing the weight and all those okay. things. Okay, honestly, if you hadn't lost that weight, 
Well, we don't. There's no chance. There's no chance. Yeah. you would have been able to make it and stuff. And so they ask you normal questions like, you know, what are you? Are you, know, are you doing cocaine? Are you doing all these things? Like, no, I'm, I'm not doing yeah, any of that yeah. stuff. Every not day. every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, doesn't look good for the church on Sundays. You know, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. when I'm preaching to them. And stuff. <laughs> so, um, you know, we uh, going through that stuff, and they found out like, okay, yeah, your weight contributed to it, but more importantly, like you know, the amount of stress I was constantly putting myself under, Yeah, you know, like, you know, you know, a pastor, you know, doing that just by vocationally, not getting paid, uh-huh. working full time four kids. I was wrapping up my degree in school and all that stuff. So I was getting like, Shit. you know, four hours of sleep, maybe a night and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, your head it's had just... a lot to do with how it affected the rest of your body type of deal then exactly yeah, yeah. i don't think we understand like the like those stress hormones and your body's under constant stress like that cortisol for, is a real fucking dude, thing so yeah 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 and it elevated you know it you know my hdl ldl all that stuff was just all messed up and everything and it just it produces you know the clots and stuff and yeah. so they were like you got to figure out how to chill the fuck out man like yeah you, you've got to chill out and stuff and so that was a big eye opener for me. I'm like, okay, how do I chill out? How do I calm down? What do I need to do and stuff? And so going through therapy, learning like this type A personality, kind of working mm. through those things, how to shut it down and how to turn it off, not to be so worried about how other people perceive me and putting on that yeah. display and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just enjoying life in the moment where I'm at. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. And then even, you know, going into competitions that changed my mindset, you know, where I was always like, okay, I want to do this so I can do this, so I can do this, as opposed to like, it was amazing how fast I was able to recover. Um, cause within I had the heart attack in April and by August, no September, I was able to compete again. Nice. Okay. okay. And so had my first competition did well at that, had a second competition at iron, uh, warrior. Yep. Um, and stuff and ended up winning it. Nice. And it was just kind of going in there like, okay, I'm just going to have fun. Was I'm that the start. rumble? Yeah. Okay. The green shirt, dark green. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for that one. That was my first, Middleweight open. Nice. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. I placed last. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. But yeah, it was it was crazy. And like now kind of going into it, like, yeah, obviously I want to do well in strength sports, you yeah. know, but like, you know, just enjoying the moment, enjoying what I'm trying to do, not letting it get to what extent. Head. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like and not overtraining, hanging out with the family, you know, really kind of enjoying like you know, I could do all these great things and all these big things. We always, especially as men, we have like this drive, you know, of like, you know, I want to leave this legacy. I want to, well, absolutely. I got to be alive to fucking leave a legacy. <laughs> yeah, you know? for sure. Like, yeah. You read about all these great guys like Churchill and like, you know, in church world, you'll read about Spurgeon and, you know, Moody. They all died mm-hmm. at like 45, 50 years old. And it's like, cool. You made this massive short stint impact. Yeah. But then like, what about you could have been around so much longer if you just enjoyed well and that's you're right and i think you get so captivated by what you want where you want to be and where you know you can be but you don't even live the day-to-day journey of things right and it takes all the way to the point of like heart attack or damn near deathbed to be like man i really would wish i enjoyed that fucking picnic that we took on the other day yeah instead i was just irritated because i needed to be training because training was going to lead into that comp which was going to lead into this mm-hmm. which was going to lead into and so it far. is always funny because i notice it's the people who have either either like been close to death or have been mm-hmm. locked up that they get really, out and enjoy like like the simplest moment because it, it really is always that like of course i sh- we always talk about like you should strive like you know shoot for the stars or what is it shoot for the moon 
tune in if you miss you land on the stars but like you should still like enjoy the journey as it is because yeah. it's the simplest little conversations or even these moments right now that are just like uh that you're gonna impact and remember and that's also it's so fucking important and i think yeah. too many people are just like you're so well and today right everything's just fucking now 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 and like yeah. trying to get to the next to the next to the next just dopamine dopamine that's the biggest thing that i can't understand anymore is that that we just have so such uh like short attention spans Dude, when it comes to it really is. comes to certain things anymore that we don't pay attention to the small things in yeah. life like being able to watch your first kid take his first step yeah you right. know like right. being able to see your wife on a weekly date like yeah. you kind of blow yeah, past absolutely. those things because you're so mind driven on yeah, absolutely and i mean me personally like i am very very type a personality yeah. and it's very hard for me to even slow down sometimes or sometimes where my wife has to even mm -hmm. sit me down and be like learn to love the small things yeah yeah well and like it's interesting because those type a personalities everyone will latch onto you and it feels good it feels great because it's like i can get more done than the average person uh -huh. yeah. yeah and it feeds our ego like crazy and so the corporate world will use the hell yep. out of you. Even unfortunately, like the the religious world. Will oh, do it. Like, absolutely. I was inside the church, and you know, churches were always like, "Man, you could do so much. Like, you're not even paid, and like, just imagine if we even paid you and all that yeah. stuff. And, yeah. You know, all these things. And it it feels good to know, like, I can knock out all these things, but it's always a hurried mindset, and so it feeds our ego, but it's killing us. Mm -hmm. You know, like talking to these docs, they're like, yeah, like. There's so many millennials and Gen Z that are having these heart attacks in their 30s. I just saw my cardiologist not too long ago, and he's like, yeah, I just saw another guy. He was 25 years old, like wasn't on like, you know, immediately we go with, oh, they're either on like trend and some ones yeah, that really right, like right. fuck up your heart or they're doing cocaine. And all. He was a skier, like, you know, bike rider, all those things. Very, very cardiovascularly like, yeah. trained, like trained. very, healthy very guy. healthy. Yeah. And like, it was the same thing where like he finished a bike ride and he's like, oh, I feel fine. Sat down. And all of a sudden, like, you know, same thing that he's like, and it's this stress mentality that we don't know how to manage it. And we put ourselves in too bad. You're, you're about to have your first kid, right? Yeah. And like the worst thing, the thing that I regret the most, I have a 13 year old now, my daughter's 13. Um, so I've got a 13 year old, I've got 11 year old, I've got a seven year old, no, eight year old, and then a, a six year old. Okay. And so, yeah, I got a, a bunch of them. <laughs> I'm not Mormon, I promise. We just really like kids and what makes kids. So, and what, yes. Yeah. So, yes. Um, I've been practicing for a long time for, for this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like the worst thing, like, you know, and there's so much pressure that comes from, and it's, it's well intended people, but they're like, you know, your child isn't developing fast enough or like you want to yeah. be the 99th percentile that, you know, my kid's walking first or saying yeah. their first word. And we're constantly throwing in this, this pressure to like, cool, my kids rolled over. And then once my kids rolled over, I got to push them like time to crawl immediately. Yeah. 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 Okay. You've crawled. Now it's time to take your first step. Now it's time to walk. Now it's time to run. And we're never enjoying those little moments with our kids. Yeah. Like, you know, and I it's, did, it's I did kind of notice that because, uh, at our first ultrasound, he was our baby was in the 69th percentile. Uh, nice, right? Nice. <laughs> uh, and then on our last ultrasound, after we spent a day in the hospital because my wife had hypertension, like mm -hmm. he was in the 50th percentile. Like I felt like shit because I was like, 
you're telling me my baby's going to come out small. Right. Like I'm already like (laughs) starting to get it. And I I had to realize I had to pull myself back because it was just like, he's still alive. Like just be fucking happy. Be grateful. Just be alive. Like, Like, yeah. But at the same time, I was just like, I, I can't, I, I get irritated at some of that kind of shit sometimes. And I know that's exactly what you were just talking about. It's just like those certain things as having a type A where you definitely just lose track of the process because you want to be on top of everything all mm-hmm. the time. Always. It's never like when we started our church um, in Commerce City, like that was the team that my team, like luckily I've surrounded myself with a good group of people who like they hold me accountable and they tell me I'm stupid a lot. That's, that's great. Um, that's good. Yeah, it's that is fantastic. It so really great is. for my yeah, ego. Really like, is. Yeah. And so they'll they'll tell me like when we first started our church, I'm like, okay, so we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do this, and then we're like, hey, how about we get like just a few people that just love Jesus first, right? right. Like, yeah. and then you know we can talk. Like, we don't need to do all these things, and I'm because it's it's always, always driving to the next thing and never appreciating the biggest weakness, like the biggest poison that Americans are consuming right now. That I'm convinced is hurry. Oh, I think hurry is just poisoning America. It really it's like crazy. Our phones do a really good job at it. They yeah. Do a fabulous job. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just poisons us because we're, we're in such a hurried state and we're never moseying, you know? Right. Like never just kind of enjoying it and stuff. So sorry. That was the charger. I don't think no. it picks up on this, but okay. now we can definitely hear each other mm. a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I completely understand because there is just so many times where, you know, it, it is kind of one of those things where if you don't slow down, you're going to slow down forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Man, but that's, then, yeah, that's it, tough. It is. And I, and you know, and I feel like it's finding a balance because as human nature, I mean, it's no different with the simplest things, a car driving in a car or anything. Everybody seems to be one or the other. So you're either just like so fucking freaked, hurry, hurry, hurry. And then you're like, Hey man, you need to slow down and rejoin anything. So instead of just being hurry, hurry, then you turn into like slothfulness and you just sit around and fucking do nothing. And you never like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. It's you're like either finding the, a the... balance. Like human nature doesn't seem to have a, no. a balance. Yeah. You're definitely either the, uh, the white collar, <laughs> like, you know, CEO or you're the hippie living you're, out of the van. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And you'll doing... usually marry the opposite person <laughs> of that. Oh job. boy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally I mean, like, you either are doing a hundred or you're doing fucking 15 under the speed limit. It's like, nobody yeah. can just cruise like a nice 80 miles an hour. <laughs> just chill. Just chill, bro. You're going to get there. You're a little ahead of the curve. Uh, I mean, so yeah, I do. I do a hundred percent agree with that. And uh, that is a massive problem that you see. And it's just getting worse. You yeah. Know? And that is with the technology and everything. And that I do feel that a lot of times I, you know, I, I, a uh, very creative mindset as we all are, um, you want to create and build and, you know, keep striving for new and you should always do that. But, uh, what do you, you lose sight of what the hell you, it is you're even trying to fucking create because you're just always moving to the next and moving to the next and moving to the next. You can't even enjoy, enjoy the, the, the ride. Wins, the small the, exactly. It's the simplest fucking things that it's like you're doing, you yeah. know what I mean? So, and that's just putting again, going back. It's a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it goes back to that. Like, even though you 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 feel like you're doing good because you're accomplishing, you're checking off the list every single fucking day, and just like bam, 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 I got twelve hours work done by six 
in six hours and right. yeah. still going to the gym kind of a thing. So you feel good. You're stroking that ego, but it's like that stress on the backside is just fucking killing you so oh, yeah. slowly. And it's like, how long are you going to last like that, homie? Like right. you were talking about people dying at 40. It's like, cool. I would rather live till I'm 60 and just like take the road a little lower. And eventually, you know, you're going to get there, but everybody's trying to get there by 30. It's like, cool. So you can die at 32. <laughs> like it's like you didn't even fucking leave a legacy what for a year and we live in a century of like cool you were cool for like 30 like three months and then yeah. now nobody knows your fucking name and yeah. you didn't even leave anything so. well even then like oh, i want to like i want people to know my name yeah it's like they're not like it doesn't look at what we've done to like george washington or like <laughs> people who we know their name and yeah. now it's like you know it's like freaking spider-man like where it's like oh now you're a villain and yeah, all those things you know dude. and it's like you can leave a legacy but like it doesn't matter, you know, for all oh. these people who don't know you. Yeah. But yeah. what impacts is like, man, what do you do with like your family, with your kids, your community, stuff, you know? your community? Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've become so like one of the dangers of social media is that we we've always been tribal people. We have yeah. our small tribe yep. and we can care for that tribe really well. Mm. Well, now I got access to the whole freaking world. Yeah. And like I'm hearing about like, you know the war in Ukraine and yeah. I feel bad and like, you know, and I'm now I'm bringing on all this other pressure Absolutely. on myself and I can't care for my own specific tribe. Yeah. You know, the people in my yep. community, you know, who we can actually impact yep. right here. And now, you know, when I was, when I was dying, like the thing I was praying to God, I was like, God, like my kids need me. Don't yeah. take me yet. Like, yeah. yeah. I want to see my daughter get married. I want to yeah. see my son get married. Yeah. You know, like that's what like, I wasn't thinking about like, man, I want to be able to help these people or I want to be able mm -hmm. to, you know, really work this far up in the chain. And we always hear that stuff. But literally that was like, no, I like I, my tribe needs me. Yeah. My people need Absolutely. me, you know, and that's who I want to be there for. Yeah. And it's, it's letting go of this. I want to have this impact on all these other people. Dude. And it's like, who are the people? This is what my mentor always taught me was like, what are you doing to impact eternity? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You could impact the world right now. You could impact thousands of lives. Or you could completely transform 10 people's lives. Facts. You know, they're going down a path. They're going down this. Facts. And guess what? No one else is going to know your name. Yeah. No one else is going to know who they are or what they've done. But the people who you change will talk about you and scream your yeah. name for the rest of their life. And and hopefully, my goal is that I am forgotten. Like, I don't necessarily need to be remembered. Yeah, I get you. But I want people to be able to see, like, you know, the, the things that I pass on to them you know, of, of character, integrity, mm -hmm. faith, hope, things that, you know, true community and friendship that people yeah. don't know how to do anymore. They take that, own it as themselves and pass it, pass on. it to the next. That's just, what I want to yeah, see. Like you can like, and it's really hard because the type A wants, like we want our legacy. Yeah. We want that. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, let it go. You know, yeah, like yeah. these other strong men, like <laughs> yeah. I don't need to be your coach. You know, when you're a new guy coming yeah, into the gym yeah. and all that stuff, I'll just pass on two or three things that might be helpful to you. And you don't need to remember that I gave you that yeah, credit. Absolutely. Like, right. Absolutely. But like that technique or the work or yep. like, again, hopefully I can build a good relationship with you and you know, we can impact something more important than just your muscles. We can impact yeah. the soul, yep. you know? Well, and that's the thing that I try and push because I'm obviously a coach now, personal yeah. trainer. I, I I'm taking more of the coach mentality over than personal trainer because the body is great. Yes. We can morph the body into whatever the fuck we want Absolutely. very easily. Yeah. Yep. However, if it's not for the lifestyle coaching and changing the mindset, the body will go right back to what it was. Mm -hmm. All right. And this is what I talk to about with my clients is like, 
what you do when I'm not there is going to change your life a lot more than what I do when I'm there. I will teach you the ways, but we need to teach you the ways of how to implement it while I'm not there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's that goes into more of the leaving a personal legacy instead of a worldwide legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it just and it backfolds, right? Like everybody just gets so stuck on the physical thing. So it's like backtrack it. You want to change a physical. Well, you must take many mental steps before you change a physical step. Yeah. And then why are you doing it to change the mental? So then that goes into your spiritualness. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's your morals. That's your everything. So it's just like, yeah, start at the soul. Start with the mind. Well, and that's, impacts the body. And I think <laughs> like, that was so the biggest very, thing too. It's a one thing, which yeah. is like you were saying, it turns into a whole life coach, not just like a coach. Yeah. Not just I'm just your trainer. Try well, to the trainer. Try well, the trainer. and I, I always, I've noticed here, and of course, I've been talking about it on Instagram here for the last I know, I three, saw, almost four days good. now. Yeah. I've been tracking the twelve step program yep. for mm-hmm. addiction. Yep. That's a great just lifestyle mentality because not all of us suffer from addiction, but we all have our vices. Yeah. And there's so many different things that we go through on a daily basis of I a long time ago didn't realize having a higher power was much better than me. Like having my faith, believing in God. Like obviously I'm not I'm not a pastor. Yeah. That is not something that intrigues me. However, accepting that kind of faith and going through and making sure that I'm not doing this for me mm-hmm. has made me a much stronger adult. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Especially yeah. with having the kid on the way, especially with building my community. Mm-hmm. I realize that it's not about me. Yeah. And exactly. even though I am very type A and I am very not an asshole, but I'm very straightforward with what I say. Yeah. I realize that it is not about the people I affect. It's about the people that I can uh, lead and help proceed to where I can build other leaders to grow more mm-hmm. leaders, to grow a better community all the way leading down more or less. Yeah. I think that's such a key concept, honestly, man, for, you know, when you're talking about like, you know, faith and a higher power. And I think people view it as sometimes a crutch, um, and in some cases, fine. Like to me, I'm like, okay, if you if it's a crutch, like it's a powerful crutch. Like yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, like you know, it's that freeing capability, and I think it adds a lot to us too. Like yeah, you know, you were like, did you find like when you started kind of exploring like you know faith and having that higher power in God and stuff? Did you find that you know it kind of brought like a new community to you and stuff? Have oh, you- absolutely. Uh, because when I honestly. When I more or less found God, it was when I was in jail. Yeah. I never really had any kind of more or less moral backbone to me until I saw everybody at one table with a bunch of Bibles. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll sit down because what else do I have to do? Right. And it was at that moment where I kind of realized, like, faith is what leads you. Your actions is what makes you take the steps. Mm. Like that's kind of what pulled everything together. And from there on out, like there's times that I'll, I won't lose faith, but I'll take a step back from it because obviously terrible shit happens. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to stay deep into faith when you are learning, you know, real bad shit. Right. When you're talking about like taking a step back in faith and stuff, what, what is that? Like, what is that? What does that kind of look like? Taking a step back is more or less, but like, at least for me personally, is me just not 
not falling heavily into it and more or less just being like, well, this is just shit that happens. I need more work. I need to get more shit done. Like I've always been brought up on the, on the saying, you know, you don't have fucking problems. You just have more work to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's a very Seth Ferrosi fucking oh, saying, but at the same time, like it is true. Like yeah. my family's not dying of cancer. I I'm, my son is just fine. Like my wife is just fine. Like I don't have problems. Mm-hmm. I just have more fucking work to do. So yeah. there's sometimes where I will just put my head down. I'll fucking work. And I do kind of, I don't, like I said, I don't lose faith, but I don't stay as heavily invested into it as maybe I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. Like, so it's, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're kind of taking back control a little bit to try to like run with it essentially. Is that. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think honestly, like every, I mean, everyone's going to go through those type of things, yeah. you know, like we'll always have those type of moments. Where we'll step back or, or whatever it might be. And I don't think that's always bad. Like, cause I think like God makes it pretty clear of like, yeah, Hey, there's a time to rest. There is a time to like back, but then there is a time to actually go, 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 yeah, go yeah, do something. You know, well, and and it is like, funny too, because I always find myself when I come out of it, I'm heavier into it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, when I come back out of it, I'm just like, I got to do this. I got to take care of this. And then when I get back into it, I find myself deeper into the word. Yeah. You know, I find myself believing in a lot more uh, things throughout, you know, the book that like, obviously I am a Christian, mm. uh, you know, it's not just a higher power for me. Yeah. Right. Right. But it is, I do find myself becoming more and more like into it as I come out of the funk. More yeah. Or less. yeah, I get you. And I think eventually what we kind of get to in our, like, you know, the whole process isn't about like, can I be a better person and stuff like that? Like I'll always be a crappy person. Like I will always make bad decisions. I will always naturally be very selfish, Mm -hmm. but eventually I start learning of like, you know, faith is that direction of like, okay, what should be done in this moment? Right. Like that has the like eternity focus, like what's going to impact eternity and faith is taking a step out into those things. And so faith can be, we start learning of like, instead of me taking control of asking in this situation, where is the next step? Right. And that's how you kind of start balancing out like those works and things that you need to do and stuff. And it might be a very busy season for us, but like, that's the thing. Like one of the things that I've had to learn the most about is like life is a season. There's a season for me to like put my head down and step out in faith and do things. There's also a season for me to take a step back and like, just chill. Like I can't do anything more. I can't do anything about this. I need to just relax and like kind of creating those, like seeing the season and creating a rhythm around that, you know, where we can kind of enjoy these moments where we can kind of enjoy, you know, well, and that's always been like the holidays for me, Thanksgiving to Christmas. (laughs) That's my time of, relaxation yeah Yeah. i don't do shit i still go to the gym but i'm not training for anything i'm not doing anything that is like literally from the thursday that thanksgiving falls on to december 26th i am on airplane mode yeah yeah Yeah. well like and you were even talking about austin a little bit about how like um when like we're going through these seasons and stuff of of you know, looking for that higher power and what we're supposed to do. And I think Mike, actually you, you were bringing this up too about like the soul and the body and all those things. Like when we're training, we have to take a rest day. Yeah. We can't constantly, otherwise 
we get hurt. We hurt ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah, and you can it's... only put yourself under so much stress before yeah. you just yeah. break. And there's only so many like you know competitions you can kind of do. There's because we're human. Like we're not, we're not God. We're not someone that can do all these things. <laughs> yeah, we, we are human. Yeah, but like when we learn how to like rest, like I, I started implementing something um that that was like the bible talks about this like sabbath thing yeah and it's got all these like you know a lot of people have these weird thoughts about it but it's really like how do you how do you refresh as opposed to not do anything exactly and so like how can i refresh my my body my soul my spirit because all those kind of connect you know we're like if my body is exhausted and burnt out my soul who i am as a person is also going to be exhausted burnt out and just a dick yeah um and then if my soul's like that my connection with my higher with god which is the spirit is then like also just foobar yeah yeah and so but if i can learn how to refresh all of those like on a normal basis like it changes how your whole week goes how your training goes all those type of things whereas like you know if i take friday right and i just learn how to like how do i actually restore like for me it's very light activity going for like a walk doing something is really refreshing some fun activity in the gym right something like that and then, a walk with the dogs is the most underrated it's so therapy yeah yeah like, like learning not going on the walk with the dog with like I'm going to learn this thing too, right? Like that's Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally just taking the dog, putting it on a leash and yeah. just walk. Walking until you can't walk anymore. <laughs> yeah. That'll yeah. fucking teach you everything that you need yeah. to know about yourself at that moment. Yeah. That's true. Cuz you have nothing to do but just sit there and right. relax, maybe yeah. think about some shit, but that's it. Yeah, and it's clearing the mind. It's like oh, restoring that's that. just it, right? And taking that 5 seconds to know like, hey, guess what? I'll be fine if I don't have my phone in my pocket for 10 right. yeah. minutes. Because if not, then you're just all right. Come on, hurry the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so. We had a, a basset hound, and um, man, those dogs don't—they don't know the meaning of hurry. And so, right. taking him for a walk Ooh. was like one of the most challenging things in my life because he wants to smell everything. He yeah. wants to. Smell. I'm like, dude, I've got like I got to get this mile done in 19 minutes, otherwise I'm falling behind on my pace dog didn't care yeah and it was it was teaching that moseying you know which was actually really and it was crazy how like how much this like slowing down on even a weekly basis just helped change like my physical body my heart rate my cholesterol all those type of things changed from just on a weekly basis like the rest of the week i'm gonna work hard i'm gonna do all these things you know, there's other rhythms that I kind of put in where I was like, you know, I'm going to hang out with my wife. We call it 15 on the couch. Uh, and it's not like, you know, what we're thinking 15 on the couch is. It's, it's literally just sitting down. Oh, I'm looking at talking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, you know, kind of implementing those things where it's like, okay, I'm going to chill out. I can take these 15 minutes. Yeah. And on, yeah. on a weekly basis, I can just help the body because I'm taking care of my soul. Yeah. And it helped my body just recharge and relax absolutely and kind of walk through these motions and then guess what training on monday not nearly as no, tough right. not nearly as brutal for yeah. me. the weights feels so much lighter so yeah, much yeah. when yeah, i was just good that. implement these things in to just chill yes. out yeah like, yes. just restored everything for us absolutely. So. so what made you decide to open up a church become a pastor steps of life more or less yeah um Man, it was, it was a pretty long journey, um, but a lot of it started, like I said, with that mentor, you know, my wrestling yeah, coach, yeah. Um, 
who basically kind of took me alongside. I like I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I was going to ask, did you start out in a Christian family? Did you start out in a family of faith? Like how was your more or less upbringing? Yeah, like my mom, my mom was a really bad Catholic. Um, oh, yeah. Like she was not a good Catholic at all. Yeah. Understand. Um, you know, um, love her to death. I mean, she's the only reason why I had any concept of God, but terrible Catholic. Yeah. You know? um, anything the priest would say, she's like, don't listen to that. That's not true. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> Like as a kid, I'm like sitting here. I'm like, I'm so confused. I don't understand. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Like, do I stand up? Should I? Should I go into the booth and confess? I don't know. Do I put my hand up. What do I yeah. do? Do so, I wear my Sunday vest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my dad was, you know, agnostic. He he kind of believed in a higher power, but he didn't have any direction. Right. Okay, and, yeah. You know. Um, and so, and my dad, I mean, you know, he's he's an awesome man now. But kind of growing up, we did not have a great relationship. He was an alcoholic, you know, he, you know, had a lot of things. He was very distant. His dad was the absolute, my, my grandpa was the absolute worst. And so he was doing the best that he could. Right. Yeah. And, but either way, it's you learn from left. what you come from. Yeah. yeah and exactly. it is hard to break. That, that's one thing I always preach is it's hard to break generational curses. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. very real. Cause it's just yeah. passed on to you. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, that's, that's culture. You know, yeah. how do I make sense of the world? Well, from what my parents have taught me, yeah. you know? Yeah. This is the line I need to walk. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we didn't have a great relationship. I didn't really know what that looked like. And so my wrestling coach one day came up to me um, and he was like, you know, on Wednesday nights, you could either do extra conditioning because he's like, I got youth group. And so he's like, you can either do extra conditioning on Wednesday nights or you can come with me to youth group. And as a heavyweight, I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, I'm going, going to youth group. group. <laughs> I don't know what this thing's all about. I'm going to go to that, you know? And it was kind of going to those things where I started to be, you know, hearing about, you know, faith and grace, this concept of like, it's not about what I present to God, but like God kind of bringing that back to me yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, and then, you know, he, he continued to invest in my life. It wasn't like I said a prayer and it was done. You know, I did do that, but also when he saw that he kind of, you know, he took on this, this mentorship or what, you know, Christians call discipleship mm -hmm. concept where he's like, he invested into my life and showed me what it meant to be a Christian where I'd go over to his house. He had all these acres and all these crazy projects he'd do and stuff. And I'd, I'd work for him throughout the summer and he'd pay for my sports because I couldn't afford sports. My family couldn't afford sports. And, oh, stuff. Okay. and so I'd work for him. I cost him way more, like way more oh, than what he actually paid. Cause I'd yeah. like, I dented his vehicle. I popped tires. I destroyed equipment. To a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, um, you know, mentorship always costs. Like if you're going to mentor, if you're going to develop absolutely. someone, it's going to cost yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, he kind of took that concept and he showed me all these things, how like a Christian responds, you know, to their wife, how a Christian should respond to their kids. And he, there's many times where he'd make a mistake and then he'd apologize to them. And then he'd be like, I messed up here. That was not a good example. Mm. You know, here's how you could do this differently. Yeah. If you are ever in the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like for, you know, I, I started this in eighth grade and through my, junior year all the way through my senior year just made the biggest impact on my life and completely transformed the path I was on who I was what I believed all those things um and so that was kind of like I never really felt the call to be an actual pastor you know mm -hmm. um I just wanted to do the same thing of what he did for me and you know yeah that that same vision of I'm going to take what someone had passed on to me and pass up to others, you know? Yeah. And so eventually became a, a youth pastor, you know, again, I've never, I've never taken a paycheck from a church mm -hmm. um, because it just wouldn't make sense for me. Like I had kid, we had our first kid when I was 20. Um, we got married 
we got married when I was, when my wife was 18 and I was 20 Okay. and we had our first kid. I'm sorry. When I was 21 and my wife was 19. And so like could never justify kind of going mm. into like, you know, what, you know, they call like, you know, the holy vocation and stuff. Yeah. You know, cause it just didn't make sense, but I just continuously invested into kids and, into, you know, you know, and teenagers who were in these same paths yeah. where honestly the rest of the world had kind of given up on them. The world had kind of viewed them as like their mess ups, their screw ups. Right. For sure. Just but what they cast. needed was just one person to really invest in them. Yeah. And I just repeated that over and over again, you know, to where like some of the guys right now are just amazing young men who, where they were, were just absolute, they would have been trash. They yeah. would have been absolute trash, you know, and just taking on that investment. Um, and people have told me like, you, you should be a pastor. You should be, you should start a church. I was like, oh, that's a lot of work. I don't really want to do that. You know? Yeah. Um, you're like, I'd rather just help people yeah. than take on more or less the responsibilities of upholding an entire community. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like, there was always an attraction to that, of course, like I'd be lying if I wouldn't like, but it was just like, it just would never make sense, you know? And so I just, I loved working with teenagers, did that for about 10 years. Um, and then just really had like, had a very specific call of like, you know what? I need to take this discipleship idea, you know, this mentorship mm -hmm. and like youth groups do a really good job of this. Colleges do a really good job of that. The church in general usually struggles with it. Like yeah, actually I, investing the people. I've noticed that with a lot of churches, uh, I'm not going to name names, but obviously, uh, for me at least, I get very turned off on big church. Yeah. Uh, big church, anything that is super just pushed down the throat. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. There's that is not Christianity to me. Yeah. I am more, I want to get together with 20 to 50 of my people mm -hmm. and be one community. Yep. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's what church is to me. That's what I was very like, you know, more or less turned on to church when I was a child, mm -hmm. like going through, because I've been baptized probably four times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that's, that's what growing up to me was, was the small church where you knew everybody. Yeah. You held yeah. hands, you shook hands, you yeah. knew what their family was going through. You, They mm -hmm. knew what our family was going through. Like we are very all a very tight knit community. And mm -hmm. I feel like church nowadays has lost that community. There's a lot in today's age that is more, um, it's more commercialized yeah. and it's more of a commercial transaction of like, Hey, what's going to bring everyone in? Mm. What's going to be the most popular? Here's all the programs so that people come in and it's inviting people into this, like, you know, fortress idea. basically. Yeah. idea, <laughs> yeah. Which is, is fine in itself. But then like, how do you help people actually grow in their faith and like real life problems itself? Yeah. If all I'm hearing is on a Sunday, a message that kind of pertains to me, but not really, but no one's actually investing in my life the life change is going to be so minimal yeah. You know, as opposed to if like, that's why if churches, anything. yeah, exactly. Yeah. If anything, it's like, it felt good. And then there's no real life change for me. Yeah. You right. know, which, well, no, because be I think, I think my main problem with those types of places is that you've got the people that will show up there hungover. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll go through that. They'll put their hand in the mm -hmm. air. They'll be in it mm -hmm. in the moment and then they'll go home and do the same shit. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of, that's, what's been taught is like, how do I fake it? Right. Yeah. It's all Christian. Like a lot of it has been behavioral modification. Yeah. How can I modify my behavior? My kids are in church. They can't make me look bad. My kids are like, you know, or you smell bad, put on the, you know, and all these different yeah. things, you know, and there's no, no real vulnerability, which I think is like a lot of problems for people and how to create relationships is we don't know how to be vulnerable with other people, which I think is the 
biggest part of faith in yeah, itself. Absolutely. Is being agree. vulnerable to a higher power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I mean, and that's the biggest thing. Like that's, that's why we're there for each other. Like, yeah. We all suck. We just might suck at different things, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like, right. why, why are we putting on this front? Like I have it all together or like my kids are perfect. Absolutely. Like the biggest struggle, like, you know, I've, I've made it very clear um, to my church and to people of like, <laughs> my kids are going to screw up. Yeah. Because they're kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to make them try to change who they are at my church because they're the pastor's kids. Yeah. That doesn't matter. My title doesn't mean anything. I think that's a lot of the church scandals. It's because people are putting the title up there and stuff. And it's like, they put, they put the leader on the pedestal. Mm -hmm. So that way that they sit at a higher power when really they're just like pastor, like, Everybody, just like, you're just, just like person. me, like, just like, just like we're all the same people. Yeah. You just speak the word more. Yeah. I just have a different calling, yes. right? I yeah. have a calling to help navigate and kind of bring people together. But you, like, you know, Austin, you, my, you guys all have a specific purpose yeah. coming together with that. And right mm-hmm. now churches have turned a lot into listening to the most talented people do something, you know, whether it's worship mm-hmm. or a message or uh, the super awkward, like, you know, um, poems and stuff like yeah. that, you know, <laughs> as opposed to like, what can the general population, what did you, and so we kind of put that together in our church structure of like, we're going to come together. We're going to meet as a church. We're pretty small. Um, but one of the things we really focus on is I'll only teach for about maybe 15, 30 minutes at the max, Okay, you know, kind of giving a general direction. And then we do these things called table talks where each table talks through the message because you each have like something to bring, something to offer and yeah. questions, all these different things. Mm-hmm. And like, we've had people come in with, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at, but we can talk through this together, right? If you're struggling with addiction or figure it out as a community. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like we all, or like you, you might have some really cool things to kind of say or really powerful. We have this old lady named uh, Rue in our church. She's directly from China. Um, you know, she was there during the great, like during this crazy war with the great wall and all that stuff and persecution and like her stories that she'll tell. It's like, man, if all I did was talk, I'd never get to hear these amazing stories of faith. This woman has that encourages and changes me or down to like, you know, I've got a, one of the kids that I, uh, we kind of adopted him when he was 17, he was on the streets, you know, got thrown into jail and everything. And you know, he's always been taught that he's not going to be anybody that he's not going to have that. But now seeing him kind of transform and change, man, he's got some real gifts and real wisdom to kind of bring into the group at a very young age that those of us who are older need to hear of like, Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't think how that would impact these things. Well, because I, I, I know that uh, no matter what position I'll ever be in, I'll, I'll always be the one that can learn some more shit. And I feel like the people we always should be as a pastor, especially like, I don't think it should be put on that pedestal because you are just one of us, you know, and there's so many different people out there that we can learn so many different life lessons from because everybody lives their own path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the most dangerous things, honestly, in a lot of this is where, okay, pastor goes to the hospital visit, pastor goes to these pastor. And so it's like, oh, we think because we're paying someone, they should go do all these Mm -hmm. things. But it's like, man, if I go visit someone in the hospital, just because I have the title pastor doesn't mean anything. Whereas opposed to like, man, Austin, if it's someone, you know, do you go talk to him? You yeah. go pray. You can do yeah. that. Yeah. I'll, I can teach you. Yeah. But like you go do that. I don't have yeah. to be the one to do that. And that impacts that person's life so much more. Well, and it shouldn't be like that because it's, it puts you in a 
uncomfortable situation if some random person comes in to say like if i am in the hospital some random person comes in like a random chaplain or something like that comes yeah. in and starts praying on my bed i think it's game over right there right. <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. well this, is, this is it i'm done but if say mike comes in yeah and you know sits at the bedside and we say a prayer together gives you hope it gives you Absolutely. faith it gives exactly. you that power Absolutely. to get through whatever you're going through and it also brings a sense of like belonging if it's someone I know. Yeah. Like, you know, Mike, if you go and visit Austin, if he's in the hospital or something like that, as opposed to like sending this pastor, yeah. it's like, cool, thanks for the prayer, man. But it's like, you go and visit, you go yeah. and like help yeah. the family get a meal, you go and do those things. It's coming back into the community yeah. based situation. Yeah. 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 And like, with struggle, it's like people are like, I, I can't do that for everyone. I'm like, no, you don't have to. You have a silo, you have a group of people that you truly care about mm -hmm. that you can, I mean, like, Strongman is a silo for me. Mm. Yes. Like I can, yes. I can talk and care for those people in that silo in Colorado in like, you know, kind of like the Denver area for sure. You know, I can't really do that farther out and that's okay. Mm. Someone else can do that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like we have a, we have some people that are huge into uh, D and D and stuff. And it's like, if I go talk to them, I'm just this big meathead. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. like, it doesn't mean anything. Whereas opposed to that group that actually plays D and D there's a common ground. It's yeah. their silo. Yeah. You go do this. Yeah. I don't have to be the one. And it creates genuine community. And instead of everyone trying to come in and trying to find common ground inside of this church and they're like, yeah, oh, this one is really in it. I'm going to go to this other church over here now and all that stuff. Now it's like, Hey, we'll come together. But then the main goal is you go out, Absolutely. you go out into your community. You change someone's lives. Even if it's just five people, yeah. which everyone has at least five people you can impact. You are the best person of faith, the best Christian, the best someone has in some of their darkest moments. And if we don't learn how to create true vulnerability and true care for people, yeah, so many people are going to continue to die lonely. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. I, I think agree. there's, there's no better way of putting that down because yeah. it is, uh, it is one thing that I've learned here in the last couple of months is it's not about me and what I can get done. It's about the lives that I can affect to where they can go and affect other lives. Mm -hmm. It all starts in your community. Really that's where it starts. Like even with the whole political shit that's going on right now, no matter what the next president is that comes in, they're not going to fix any of the shit that's going on right now. It's mm -hmm. going to be all of us. Self-betterment. Yeah. It's going to be... Producing the best self and producing the best community around you. Because mm -hmm. in our community, we have a certain amount of people. Every single one of those people have a community outside of their own little certain people. Mm -hmm. It's just, a, it's, it's a compounding effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And letting go of these barriers that kind of like, you know, you're Republican, you're liberal, like all Seriously. those things. And like, yeah. like, we're all people. We take like, there's, there's good things to both sides, you know, yeah. despite like, and it's like, how can you care for someone and still see them? Like everyone's trying to dehumanize people. Well, and everybody um, wants like, a, everybody wants a fucking label. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants a, oh, I'm fucking Republican. Yep. I am the liberal, you know, I am, you know, I am a, like a feminist. Like I am very masculine. How about you just be a good person? Yeah. Just be you. Yeah. Like, and you might have certain things and that's okay. Guess what? If we disagree, I can learn from you. I can like, mm -hmm. you know, one of the best things I did was to continuously stop feeding my mind with all the political agenda. Mm -hmm. So I could just hear from people and see people. I like as a pastor, I do not engage in arguments on social media. I do not. Yeah. We can same. talk in person. Yeah. But like, 
because on social media, guess what? I can super dehumanize you and just be the meanest, cruelest person in the world. Well, and you, you know? lose. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely lose so much emotion when it comes to text. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like yeah. you can feel a certain type of way, but it'll feel completely different as soon as it gets sent. Yeah. And best marriage advice I ever got was like, do not text when you're angry. Nope. No. <laughs> like that's the one thing like as soon because obviously my wife and I are not perfect. As soon as we get into arguments, I say, I'm not texting you. I will not call you. We will talk about this in person. Yeah. And that will be it. If the attitude doesn't change, not my problem. We literally, we figure it out in person because once we get into person, it doesn't escalate into something that it should not be. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not coming home screaming in through the neighborhood, fucking trashing the truck into the driveway like slam the like it becomes because one the of trash those to get put out like yeah yeah, yeah. it becomes <laughs> one of those simple things where you walk in you go hey this is what i have a problem with mm -hmm. this is what i have a problem with let's solve it yeah, yeah. Oh, and I then see it's why you're done in five this, minutes like, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. yeah the more and more we can just see each other as humans and as people and yeah. just let go of those barriers everyone's trying to fight there, there was a really good book about it's called christian in the age of outrage okay and it's it's talking about like everyone's fighting for a seat at the table because they think their table's getting taken away their spots getting taken away yeah and that's no one's agenda no one's agenda is to take out someone's spot everyone just wants to be heard and we're afraid we're not going to so if i can just listen to you if i can just hear you like people are like what's your stance as a pastor what's your stance on this what's your stance on this well it's like why do you care why does that like, matter? let's talk through what that means right. what's your stance yeah. on abortion well let's talk through what that means you know like because yeah. there might be certain things that like listen like there's a lot of difficult things in life and in general there's a general principle there's a general truth and there's there is absolute truth mm -hmm. but guess what things life sucks yeah. and there's things and like you know we've had people in our church who have had abortions and stuff and it's like hey you know what you're still loved you're still here there's several people that are going through a divorce guess what i'm not going to ostracize you i'm not going to push you out we're still here there's people that are you know dealing with drug addictions it's like come here we one of my uh one of the kids i've been discipling he just got his girlfriend pregnant um, and he's, he helps out at our church a lot. And so one of the things that I did is I had him come up. I, you know, before the whole church, we talked about this and I was like, listen, yes, she's pregnant. Yes. They're not married because they're human yeah. and you know, life is hard, you know? And so that's okay. We're going to love them. We are going to support them. They, it's not like they're sitting there and saying like, you know, this is what everyone should do. They acknowledge it was a problem. Yeah. So we're just going to support the people with yeah. where they're at. And if anyone has a problem with this, if anyone in this church has a problem with, you know, they need to be kicked out of the church yeah. or he can't help out. Let me see your phone. Yeah. Let me see your phone. Let's look at your porn. Let's look at like, yeah. Because yeah. right. right. guess what? We all suck. And that's, that's the thing that I tell everybody that tries to, uh, you know, put down other people. Yeah. It's like, you got a lot of skeletons in your closet too. Mm -hmm. Because I bet if we went through your, not only just phone history, but your overall human history, yeah, we'd find some really bad shit on we'd you. We'd find out like, wow, you're yeah. not a great person. Your shit's just not brought to light. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the title of pastor, guess what? I still yeah. suck. I still say the wrong things to my kid. I did that even this morning yeah. where I got mad at him and I was completely wrong. And I had to be like, Jack, I'm sorry. Like, my I thought bad. you were doing this. This is my bad. Right. Yeah. And that happens all the time in life where I think I have the right information. I probably don't, or I have the right information and I willingly choose the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. But if I show grace to other people, that's the whole, like when the Bible talks about like a plank in your own eye, yeah, like absolutely. the whole concept isn't to be perfect or any of those things. It's like, I need to show the same grace that I want other people to show me. Cause guess what? I'm going to screw up. Mm -hmm. And when I screw up, I want the ability to go to my people and be like, guys, I screwed up. 
forgive me, help me in this. And them loving me and supporting me like I'm hopefully doing with them right now, as opposed to be like, if I go to them, they are going to be so pissed and they are going to hate me. They're not going to want anything to do with me and stuff because I've created that. Like I'm up here. Animosity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you, you judge this person. You did this to this person. It's like, no, I've loved this person, even though they've been weak. I want to care for them because I am in that same spot. Right. And like, I will be in that same spot more than what most people would probably be willing to admit. And it's like, that's showing grace to each other. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we have to do. It's not what I deserve. It's not what I've earned. It's understanding. Well, and we're all on our own journey. Yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. it comes down to. I'm yeah. not perfect. I've never been perfect. <laughs> but what I can do to help others, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Because I remember how many people I fucked over. Yeah. I remember everybody's faces. I remember everybody's names. I remember the shitty positions that I was in as a shitbag teenager, shitbag, yeah. you know, just being a shitbag. Just I look at how we treat our parents sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember all of that. And those are the instances where when it does get hard, I can take a look back and just be like, life's not that bad. Yeah, It's not that bad. This person has it way worse than me. What can I do to help? What can I do to influence? Because that's more or less what it breaks down into. Yeah. What do you do when life is that bad? That's what I'm like. Because sometimes life really, like that moment is so stressful, so intense that it's like, this is the worst man. I'll tell you what last week I slipped up and I fucked up real bad last week when, because my wife and I were in the hospital overnight. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I got out, I'd fucking went to the golf course and ended up drinking too much. And just, yeah. I let the alcohol get the best of me on that day. Yeah. yeah. And I was just very weak. I was in a very bad spot yeah. and just got very like, because becoming a father has been a new thing for me Yeah, <laughs> uh, to say the least, because this is my first kid, you know, yeah. there for the longest time before I had met my wife, I had never wanted a kid, hmm. but now I'm very in tune with everything. I want a kid. I want to be a father. Like I, I, I yearn for that. So having that pulled from me, <laughs> like having the chance of having that pulled for me, I didn't exactly know how to react. That was the worst thing that I normally did yeah. was just turned to alcohol and turned into, well, I guess it's fuck me then. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, most of the time though, if I do have a bad situation or I'm feeling all the way on my low end, um, man, most of the time I keep to myself and I just try and focus on my relationship. Yeah. That's, that's most of the time is I become like, through the bad shit me and my wife go through, we become way better afterwards. Like, even better than we already are. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Uh, I kind of, like, I agree with him. Uh, I kind of, I don't really indulge necessarily in alcohol. I just, I'm very much a gluttony. Very much. <laughs> and uh, so I very much kind of shut everybody else out. Um, and uh, just more of like, yeah, just fall into that line. That's something that I, I, uh, definitely deal with on a day-to-day -day basis as uh, just like the self-torment of gluttony. And uh, so it's just more shutting everybody else out. People that would want to help. I feel like I'd need to take the weight of the world myself because in some, some, you know, definitely the devil in some way, like, a lot of spiritual warfare. Yeah. It, it very much uh, put me where I feel I should be, you know what I mean? And uh, so if it's something that, seems like it's just a trail of like one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. And it's some way in my mind, I let it overcome of just like, you fucking deserve every bit of that. Yeah. So just take it. And it's like, and then at some yeah. part of me, like 
is it like you know i never said i was sane so in some piece of it it's just like well this is what i deserve so and then being you know uh type a and everything else it's like well fucking bring it so i yeah. might as well take it all on so yeah. bring Make it the absolute worst a- absolutely yeah. like bring me every fucking thing you got so i'll just get into that spiralness of it and then so my faith is uh which i'm very much deep in is just constantly searching for just that grace and that joy and that peace of like you do deserve the happiness you do deserve this and like so forth and uh so yeah it's more of in that that realm yeah it's crazy because like you know maybe you may like and there's even moments where maybe i don't even deserve this right yeah like, yeah but it's like but like that's the whole story of the bible and of god and it's like you don't deserve this, but yeah. that's okay. Like, I, I love you. So I'm going to give this to you anyways. Like, yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Like, it's so great. Cause like, you know, some of my darkest moments, like after my heart attack, like they were like, you'll never be able to work out again. Like yeah. the most you can do is maybe go for a walk, maybe a bike ride. And that's about it. Cause yeah. like they thought that I was like completely fucked at that point. Yeah. And you know, like that put me in such one of the lowest lows I've mm. ever been in. Um, because it's like, man, like it's one of my biggest coping view, uh, mechanisms is working out and striving in those yeah, areas. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know how to slow down either. They're telling me like, if I don't slow down, you're going to die. Yeah. And like, you know, the reality is after you have your first heart attack, years of your life already taken off. So mm-hmm. I know I'm going right. to die younger anyways. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, this like sucks. Like this really <laughs> sucks. And the number one thing that, you know, that both of you said, is like, I began to like isolate. Yeah, I don't want anyone in my life. Let me sit in my own misery. Let me sit in my own <laughs> muck. Like, woe is me. Like, I feel like that's a very type A type of deal is yeah. to, you know, as soon as something terrible happens to you, right. you isolate because you don't want to hurt others. I was just getting you. ready to say, yeah. it's kind of more just like you're looking out for everybody else. Cause it's I feel like, like don't that's take how, the weight of it. Like yeah. I'll take it. Like, that's how me, I feel like me. I've always been, uh, even though I, I haven't always had the most type A personality. Yeah. I feel like I kind of grew into it to be honest. Very much. I have always produced type A personality on other mm-hmm. people, but like me recognizing it, it wasn't until here in the last like six, seven years yeah, where I was like, I know I am this person. Like yeah. I know I am who exactly I Absolutely. produce. Absolutely. I was the same way where it's like, I, I wasn't always, you know, probably, but through life. And then I found out that like, again, that praise moment of like, wow, look at what you've gotten done. Yeah. And that's what I stung, stuck to. And like what that did is that actually isolated and kind of like um, it silenced a lot of the po- other positive attributes of like a non-type A personality. You yeah. Know? Like my creativity. I used to be a huge writer. I would write. I would do poems, you know, had this super creative side to me, art yeah. and everything. And as more and more I latched on that person type a personality that creative side began to die yeah because uh, i just like this is the side that everyone wants to see this is the side that like i may not be and when i worked through therapy what they kind of worked through with me of like uh, you know i was a kid i was you know always a fat kid i couldn't talk until i was like three years old you know um i remember taking a math class like a math very uh, test and like everyone passed and i failed and I was like, there's something wrong with me. Like, yeah, I'm, right. I'm not smart. Like, yeah. I was the only kid that I've known who's ever had to repeat freaking preschool. <laughs> like, I couldn't pass preschool. And I was like, and so I was like, fine, people could be smarter than me, but they're not going to outwork me. Yep. Yeah, and so I just ran with that so hard. Yeah, isn't so that funny how that works? It was like, you know, and again, that's praised. Like, yeah. people praise that. But then in the end, like, that killed part of me. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, Absolutely. really enjoyed yeah. You know, that that fuck you mentality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because I've always been more or less the runt of all of my friends, mm-hmm. 
And I think it was when I did start to work out, when I did start to get bigger, when I did start to get stronger and people looked at me like, oh, wow, you're not that hundred, that six foot one, 165 pound guy anymore. Right. Yeah. Like you're actually something where I started to recognize, like, I think my emotions and my physicality has already put this out into the world. But it wasn't until I recognized it to where I started more or less embracing it. But yeah, it is that thing where it actually, it ends up killing you in the end. Yeah, absolutely. it kills you. And then like when you fail, you don't want anyone to see you fail. And I think that like that's and part it of my- drives you fucking nuts. Drives me insane, yep. you know? And so I think like when I was going through that depression, you know, and everything afterwards and like them telling me this, I failed. I failed at literally almost failed at life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it was almost taken from me. Yeah. And so like just isolating, not want to talk to other people and just taking everything. So like, you know, I remember people reaching out to me and being so frustrated with them yeah. of like, just leave me the fuck alone. Right. Don't talk to I'm me. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. fine. And yeah. Like, and I was not, I was not <laughs> yeah. fine, you know? And like, you know, I think there's some of it, Mike, like what you were talking about, where you like, you kind of push people away because you, you don't want them to carry them. No, I do that to yeah. my wife a lot. Yeah, I, I do that push, to my, yeah. I think, know. I think all of us do. Yeah. yeah. But, and so like, I think for some people like, you know, and I still have a struggle with that where my wife's like, I want to help you. Yeah. But again, it's a person I, like, I will fix this. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I don't I, like, I want to protect you, but also I need to fix this. And yeah. it's like, I can't like, I, I suck. I need people in my <laughs> life just, to yeah. help me who like that. know how to slow. Like my wife is a, is perfect at moseying and like slowing down. Yeah. And like, it's like when I don't know how to, what would Hannah, what would you do in this moment? She's like, oh, I just wouldn't do anything. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Like <laughs> I'm going to try my best to do that then. Yeah. You know, but I then, know my, my wife is the same way because she'll be like, like her job is very high stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's a police officer. Now yeah. she's in dispatch because she's not, a cop right now yeah or she is a cop she's just pregnant yeah and uh you know her job is super high stress so she'll just go on and on and on and on about it like oh i arrested this person because of this 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 and this and this and this how was your day that was good <laughs> yeah that was good oh what'd you do yeah. worked very solid one word answers yeah. yeah even if it was a tough day it's yeah like absolutely. After you're that, not like, gonna tell them anything yeah yeah oh, i don't like you know, my shit's my, not that bad yeah my shit's not that bad yeah yeah <laughs> I was just like i'll do the corporate world stuff and every I'm a, I'm a sales manager outside of this and stuff you know uh, and so like with all the shit chaos with the, with the, the economy right now and yeah like, yeah we went through Inflation, that with my last company kind of shit, yeah you know we're like they laid off half our team and then rehired us and then laid Jeez. us on all this crazy shit chaos. and like as we're going through that like you know, my wife's like trying to be there for me, but I'm like, you've, you've been dealing with these kids all day. Like yeah. these four hooligan monsters, you know, <laughs> um, and stuff. And she helps out on a board and everything, um, for a nonprofit. And like, I'm like, I don't want to put more pressure on you, but at the same time, it's me being pretty prideful of like, I can yep. handle this, you know? And when Absolutely. I push other people away and get pissed off at them in those darkest moments, yep. you know, that pity party, it's me still being prideful of like, I don't want you to see how much of a mess yeah. I am when things don't go well yeah. and I can't fix it. I don't want to feel like a bitch in front of my yeah, wife. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It took a lot because here in the last, like obviously a couple of weeks, it's been very emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, over the last couple of months from losing one of my lifelong friends to mm. my wife falling to the gender reveal to now the hypertension, like it's been, up down up down up down i've had i've realized that i've had to open up to her more because otherwise i'd go back into that same system of i'm fine yeah and that does nothing but bad shit to my relationship yeah 
And yeah. it's, it's tough because I am a type A. I, I, I like fixing shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, whether yeah, it's absolutely. physical, mental, or emotional, I like fixing it. Right. And there's some times where, like, I, I just need to talk to her. I just need to tell her exactly how I feel. And there's times that I need to just shut up and let her tell me how I feel or how she feels. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that as a type A personality, I think that's what a lot of men miss is that females just like to vent. And that's just it. Right. And not you trying to put your two cents in it to be right. And like, here's, here's what you could do to fix it. And just like, yeah. Okay, babe. Like, that was tough. <laughs> Done. <laughs> like I don't need to say anymore. And that's it. Even though you got a whole list of things that you could yeah. do. Like, I'll fucking right, roll a deck. So check this shit out. You fucked up on step one. You fucked up on step two. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I do agree. Well, so. but then like our wives, like we'll do the same thing. Well, they'll just listen oh, to us yeah. and rarely will they bring anything to fix Whoa, it. Oh, right. And it, but it helps us so much it, to be just able to, to just get it out, get it just, out and share it. Yeah. Well, it's just like hearing it, right? Just putting it out in the open, mm-hmm. in the real world. You know what I mean? It's just no like different i'm sure you've heard is like when you like uh instead of just reading the word you actually speak the word it's very much putting it in existence yeah. it, like it, it's different effect it's unbelievable how just like they don't need to say a fucking word but just mm-hmm. you letting me vent and hear it and us being type a like you're fixing it yourself yeah <laughs> you're just hearing you're the like word. i know you're i like, know the steps and the process but, but tell I, me exactly <laughs> what it is yeah. well and it's like it's it's crazy because there's so much stuff coming out right now mm-hmm. in psychology that talks about like the power of just naming the problem yeah. and naming yeah. what it is and how yeah. much it helps you yeah. know to start fixing that because if you don't acknowledge it if you don't say it out loud and we don't like to do that yeah but when we do it helps i mean it's same thing in lifting like i'll tell my coach like man i can't get this why i i don't know i like i don't know why I, like, fix me like yeah. tell me what to do and yeah. nikki will be like no 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 like Show me the video. Yeah. What do you think would happen? And when I start naming it, now all of a sudden, like you start oh, seeing it, yeah. You start see it. yeah. Well, yeah, you know? because it's it's funny because even though it still circles back, exactly. it's, a it's a circle. <laughs> circles back to the whole addiction thing. The first, yeah. more or less, the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Absolutely. Oh, you can't you can't fix a problem until you realize that you have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. How this is something that I, I fight with people all the time on on how to define addiction. Like, how have you learned of what addiction? Because immediately when we go to addiction, we go to alcohol, we go to drugs. Yeah, immediately. You know, but there's so much more we can, like, I was addicted to work. I was addicted Mm. to, like, and I had to realize after therapy of, like, I'm addicted to my perception of being a successful person. Yeah. And, like, I had to stop. Like, that was an addiction. But, like, how do you... How do you help? How, how do people figure out what an addiction is in their life? I would have to say that I think my more or less definition of an addiction is something that takes away from the rest of your life because of your own personal issues. Yeah. My personal issue is, yeah, I do want to be the best. I want to be the best and I will fucking take away everything else out of my life to be the best. Yeah. And that goes into everything, whether it's fucking friday night axe throwing whether it's fucking weekday working whether it's drinking with the boys yeah i want to be the fucking best yeah and that takes away a lot it takes away a lot of my emotion it takes away a lot of my men like my mentality goes all into it so i can't focus on other things around me right and I think that addiction is more or less being so obsessed with something that it takes away from the rest of your life. Yeah. See that, that flies in the face of so much what we hear 
of like when people talk about dis like discipline's a good thing. Yeah. Work ethic is a good thing. Like all these things are really good, but that flies in the face of so much what you'll hear people saying of like, I gave up everything. I do everything for this. I would like, yeah. you know, I sacrificed all these and it's like, damn, mm. you know, it flies in the face with so much of what we, we say is good. Yeah. And so we'll demonize something, but then we'll, put something yeah, up praise that something just that is bad just as fucking bad to our lives well and you know what's funny is like i'm obviously not the top you know one percent of the united states of earning money right. and i don't think i ever will be because i love my weeknights with my wife yeah you know i know for a fact that i'm going to be you know top 10 of everything that I do. But at the same time, like I love the fact that I can come home and sit on the couch and have a conversation with my wife or sit at dinner with my wife. Like mm -hmm. we have our date nights and everything. Like that's what more or less, it's not a balance because my life is fucking chaos, but at the same time, it's enough balance for me to sit down and have a conversation with my wife, learn to love and grow a community and have the, audacity to be a man anymore yeah. because i feel like yeah. being a masculine man is just so fucking trashed anymore yeah um Dude. but just for me to be able to open up to my wife mm -hmm. is me taking back from that type a a little bit and being like let's just have a conversation yeah yeah, yeah. and even though like obviously like i'm not an alcoholic i'm not super big into lifting so much to where it's 100% of my life. Right. Yeah. I still can pull everything back and just be like, you know what? Fuck it. Phone's going off. Yeah. Phone's going off. Like when we went snowboarding up for our guys weekend, mm -hmm. it was, I think five of us guys. Yeah. Yeah. We just went up there. We snowboarded for the day, came back. So nice. Just drank, had a good time. It was just us guys. Phones in we the just, truck. Just yeah. gone. Like they didn't we just give a shit. unleashed. Yeah. Yep. Like there was no addictions, there was no vices. It was just us guys just, being guys. Just yeah. And I think it's just it's times like that where I think a lot of people forget how to actually live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Facts. We're only given this one life, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. man, we've got to be able to just live, yeah. live it well. And that yeah. doesn't mean you forget everything. That doesn't mean you know you've yeah. earned everything. Like I, you, you were talking about balance and I think it's prioritization. Yeah. You know, like yeah. life doesn't have to be balanced in all things because it shouldn't be. I don't think it ever should. Yeah. yeah. Like, but there should be prioritization. Yeah. Of like my wife is always going to get a part of me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what, here, you know, yeah. and when like when you got that kiddo, like, man, that yeah. kiddo just changes your world when like they come up and like just give you this big old hug for like no reason. It's not like I came home and they missed me. It's not that I bought them this thing. They just come up and give you this big old hug. And it's like, this kid's always satisfaction. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's like, this is life. You know, yeah. this is impacting eternity. Only three things last forever. And if I'm invested in one of those three things, that's worth it. Fuck yeah. I got to pause real quick. Okay. Sorry. Quick pause. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of what my life has turned into now is the whole, uh, waiting for the kid. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you asked me the question of addiction. I want to hear from you what it is for you. Yeah. I, I think for me, what becomes an addiction is pretty, a pretty similar definition. I think where it is, 
um, something that takes prioritization in your life that shouldn't be where it's at. Mm. You have a misprioritization in life mm. where you always prioritize work over time with your wife. You always prioritize, you know, having fun on the weekends over doing the basic responsibilities that you mm. need to do in life, right? You have an addiction to that escape in that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, so like it's it's those type of things that I, I like for me you are create and you may not be truly addicted at that point but you're creating an addiction habit i think you know i think my my family had always like my dad was an alcoholic you know um and you know his dad was a major alcoholic and it's always one of those lineage things so i know there's that potentially like to be addicted and so, but alcohol has never been the thing because I, I like being in control. And mm -hmm. when I'm drunk, I'm not in control. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that feeling, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it was like with that prioritization of like, I like for me, the priority was always to be like, I want to be perceived as the top. And yeah. So whatever, if that, if I can't be the top at it, I'm not going to do it. Like there, that was the reason why I didn't, why I wouldn't do a lot of sports because I knew I wasn't going to be good at it. So I wasn't going to touch it. Yeah. Like, you know, I was like, nah, I don't want it. That's stupid. Let's, yeah. But it's because I can't put my arm far back to actually like throw anything, you know, and stuff. You're not Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I have no mobility in there and stuff, you know. And so if I didn't see that I had the potential to be great at it, I wouldn't even do it. But yeah. Like, that's where it became like an addiction to me where it's like I could move up in the corporate world pretty fast. I could put on like all these amazing things at church and do this amazing thing and people would would see me as successful in this yeah and that fed an addiction to me you know and mm -hmm. it wasn't you know i thought i was being disciplined like i'm disciplined in all these different things mm -hmm. but i wasn't i was putting things in the wrong priority that didn't really matter yeah you know? absolutely well and i feel like discipline is kind of construed sometimes because discipline can be several different things it can be how disciplined are you in your work life of where you know that you need to get you know, say five certain tasks done every single day mm -hmm. to make sure that you're progressing in your work life. What are you doing at home? Yeah. yeah. Are you staying disciplined in yeah. helping your wife cook or clean? Are you helping, you know, your kids grow? Are you helping your neighbor like shovel their driveway because they're right. elderly and they fought a fucking war? Like right. yeah, there's, yeah. there's so much different things when it comes to discipline that it's like, yeah, I mean, we should all fucking wake up, drink a gallon of water every day, yeah, eat our food. I mean, I feel like that's just normal shit. We shouldn't have to have a discipline to that. Yeah, that's like the pre the pre thing of being alive that you should have already on the books to begin mm -hmm. with. I think discipline can definitely just be misconstrued, and yeah. it's a, it's a tough situation because, like you were saying, you know, you take priority in some things, but other things may hold too much priority over others yeah absolutely yeah well and it's like you know you're talking about like the basic like yeah people would eat because it was like a discipline of what they needed to do and now we eat just because like yeah i really want to or like mm. you know or it is that addiction side of things just like i need to look a certain way or yeah. need, and so i eat for that and it's like you're no longer being really disciplined yeah. in that you know or you know even being disciplined in rest if a lot of people saw how we work and how we kind of do things they're like when are you going to chill out? <laughs> oh, I got the weekend. Well, you don't even chill out then. Yeah. Then you're running to these eight different things. You're doing this. You're doing all these mm -hmm. different things. You're not disciplined in like some of the basics of like rest. Yeah. You know, where, you know, up until like, you know, the, the industrial age, 
there were whole seasons people could rest. So I'd work my ass off for a long season, but then I'd rest. Yeah. And now I have the ability where I can work all year long, mm-hmm. but I've taken that as like, I don't need to rest. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I don't know. Like that's a, that's a life discipline. Well, and I feel like men, uh, definitely try and take off as take on as much providing as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on a different podcast that I was listening to, but it is funny because we don't realize how resilient women are. Yeah. As we went into World War II, all of us men went and fought World War II as the women stayed behind and made the steel, made the tanks, made the firearms, made the ammunition. The women can do just as much as us men. Yeah. Maybe not to the certain physical strength that we can or, you know, there is a difference between a male and a female for sure. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I feel like as type A alphas that we pull a lot of our responsibility and everybody else's responsibility onto ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a tough situation, but it is what it is at the end of the day. And I feel like a lot of us need to be able to look in the mirror and be like, we should probably just relax for a little yeah. bit, yeah. unload. Because yeah. if we keep on loading and keep on trucking, it's a matter before we end up in a ditch and fuck say, everything yeah. up yeah. that we work for. It's a ticking time bomb. No. Yeah. 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 And maybe it won't maybe it won't mess up everything we've you know, we put together. Like our business might still be going great. Yeah, yeah. But what about that home? Life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like this family that like as a kid I always wanted mm-hmm. is now completely gone. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and like my kids, you know, doing drugs and all these things and like because I wasn't there for him or he wants nothing to do with me Yeah. when I'm old and I'm retired and like, I don't have anyone to hang out with. I want to be able to hang out with my kids. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. You know, just to kind of be there and yeah. like, you know, just sit in my rocking chair and hear their stories and, mm-hmm. you know, tell them the 10th story of me, you know, passing on a deadlift and, and stuff like that. You know, and they're like, yeah, dad, <laughs> we know. the video yeah. proof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, here, it was on this thing called Instagram. Check this <laughs> thing out. Yeah. Take a look at this, Sonny. <laughs> it was like a, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're into this thing a fucking hour and 30 already. Nice. I can't believe that we've been talking wow. this long. Yeah. Last podcast we went on this long was another hour and a half long, and that was Mr. Stewart. Sunday Paper. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we always like to ask all of our guests that we have on is we have a question. All right. Do you rather love to win or hate to lose? Mm. This is actually what I ask people when I interview them for my, my company. Really? Okay. Yeah. I was like, do you love to win or do you, love, do you hate to lose? Okay. Uh, for me, I love to win. And the reason why I choose that one over hate to lose is because I can learn how to find the wins in small things, right? I may not have won this competition, Mm -hmm. but I won in the fact that I went all out when I was injured or that usually this is an absolute shit event for me. And I actually did okay. I didn't play as dead last, you know? And so that goes with everything of like, I love to find a win in life and that, that optimism that I can kind of find of like, Man, today sucked, but what's a win in today? What's yeah, a win that I found? Yeah. You know, man, my kids are just little shitheads today. Like, yeah. but they did say this. You know, they were respectful yeah, yeah, in this. Yeah, That's yeah. a win. They did tell me they love me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and so it's always finding those little wins in life that, like, like that. you know. So I'm always going to look for a win, and I okay. love to find those wins. Yeah, okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, where can the people find you? You on Instagram? Yep. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, um, TikTok, 
all those things. A Servant Morrison is what you'll usually find. I'm going to spell that out for people just Yeah, A S E R V A N T M O R R I S O N. Okay. You'll find me. It's usually lifting something on there. Yeah. Um, you'll get a mixture of uh, workout videos and faith stuff because those are two things that they go hand in hand. Have. Absolutely. Yeah. Reunion Church is the church if you're in the Commerce okay. City area and like some of the stuff is kind of resonating with you. Like, mm-hmm. Would love for you guys to stop by and for us to have a conversation or anything Absolutely. like that. It's a, like I said, just very small, practical type of things if you're looking to kind of explore faith or yeah. get back into those things and stuff. Absolutely. Love I love that. that. I do too. It's been great having you on, man. Yeah, thank you yeah, very thanks, much. Man. This was really cool. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, yeah I think it was, was really uh, good. It was very therapeutical for me. I it was. It. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I just, I didn't really speak much, but, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I've been doing is I'm kind of one of those guys that, like, you almost speak before you listen. You know, mm-hmm. and I've just taking a moment to just. I just want to listen. I yeah. just want to hear. I just want to learn. So, yeah, that was really good. So, yeah. awesome. Well, thanks, guys. As yeah, for us, thank you. If you want to find me on the gram, it's yep. going to be Trotter the Trainer. Trotter the Trainer. Uh, I'm the trainer. basically off of Facebook now, unless yeah. you catch me on my personal. If you catch me on my personal, you already know me. So, yep. Uh, Mike. Yep. Uh, yeah, same. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but I mean. He's also under Trotter the Trainer. Yep, Trotter the Trainer. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, yeah, you guys can check me on Facebook or Instagram at uh, michael.lee.music. So, um, if uh, if you want to check out any of the personal coaching, online training, all yep. of that kind of stuff, go to www.buildforwarstrength.com. Go click on the personal training tab. There you can find everything that you need, all of our different uh, services. Yep. Yeah. Other than that, I think that's it. Yeah. And uh, as always, guys, check out Andrew Morrison. Yeah. Good stuff. And um, yeah. And Server Strength, Premier Charity. Check the link in the bio below. Give us a comment. Give us a share. Give us a like. And make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Yeah. We always talk about this, guys. Yeah. So, Andrew, it's been great having you on. Thank you, brother. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it very much. Love it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We'll have to have you on here the next couple of months again. Absolutely. We'd love it. Sweet. So. All right. All right, man. Well, you guys have a good rest of your week. Stay strong. Go do good shit. Later. Later.